0: Hello, hello! Welcome to Anime Ichiban, Goomba Stomp's dedicated anime podcast. I am your host, Matthew Pontier. Joining this this week, as always, is Harry Morris. Say hi Yo. to the people, Harry. Hello, and hello! Kyle Roga, Rogachon. Say hi to the peeps, Kyle.
1: Uh, konnichiwa. That's not how you say hi, <laughs> that's good
0: day. That is salutations. Yes. Anyways, we are here to talk about some... Hot topics, some juicy, juicy, meaty news topics that have happened in the anime world. But first, how about a little warm-up, guys? Warm-up? Uh, yeah. Yeah, a little, little little warm-up. So, up until this point, we've had our opening segment of Kill Your Babies. I am retiring that opening segment for the time being. In favor for our new opening segment. Magnum Opus or "Never Ending Neverland. What is
2: so, what okay. what this
0: opening segment is, is, it's still, it's, I am still presenting you two... Series of some sort, okay, but you're not wiping one of them out in existence. Arguably, that you're—it's a good thing happening to both of them. However, you're choosing. So, magnum opus means that this series gets one more, either like game or season, and that's it. It's completely done. It's never coming back again. But that one season or game is the best thing you've ever watched/slash played ever. Okay. okay? Never ever never ending Neverland. However, this show or game series continues on forever and it will consistently Mm. hit like good quality nothing that's super surprised you or astounds you but you are consistently satisfied man i'm already living
1: that life with fire emblem right now
0: (laughs) okay now 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 i know which franchise not to choose for you all right we 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 settled on this yeah 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 all right all right so harry you're going first and i'm choosing this because i know it's fresh in your mind so you're choosing magnum opus never ending neverland for either for resident evil franchise and persona the persona franchise so which one gets a magnum opus ends for eternity and which one goes on forever
3: so this is difficult doing resident evil first um obviously for me like many people i think resident evil 4 is the peak of that franchise um and i know you're bringing this up because i'm playing resident evil village right now um So I don't know. I I think going forward, Resident Evil has plenty of great stuff to offer. I don't think it will ever reach the heights of Resident Evil 4 again. But I think it, that, that game is it, li- lightning in a bottle.
0: It doesn't matter. If you choose Magnum Opus, you will get that mm. game that will surpass Resident Evil 4 I mean, and that, beyond.
3: Yeah, that is ex- <laughs> so that there will be a game that will be better than Resident Evil 4, which yeah, But if I you think,
0: choose Never Ending Neverland, then yeah, no, it will never reach Resident Evil 4 status.
3: I think so. If there was a Magnum Opus there, the fact that it would be better than the already existing Magnum Opus <laughs> would imply that it is going to be the game that would just break gaming in a good way (laughs) It, it would it would just be like unfathomably good and i would want to see what that is irrespective of the future of the franchise so i'd have to choose magnum opus because the thought of a game being better than resident evil 4 i can't imagine it so i'd have to see it um so yeah magnum opus for resident evil uh, Persona is a difficult one because I've only ever played Persona 5 and Persona Oh, I'm strikers. sorry. I mean, like,
0: you're, you're choosing one. So by choosing Magnum Opus for Resident Evil, you're relegating Persona to Neverending Neverland.
3: Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think, I think that's fine because, because with Persona, there's been a Persona 4, which I know a lot of people really love, uh, Persona 5, which is one I've played and I think that's amazing. Uh, there's been other great games in the franchise. So like, I think with Persona, assuming it would continue with that kind of quality, um, that would still be really satisfying and great so yeah i'd be fine with that yeah
0: yeah i think i think that worked out worked out nicely i was going to originally go back to the classic duo but because because of your recent resident evil uh experience i wanted to to shoot that oh, in yeah. right there so yeah really quickly tell me tell me how you've been enjoying REA because i know you've uh, you've had it on your mind
3: So I didn't want to record this podcast today because it's meant I've had to stop playing Resident Evil Village for about two hours. And yeah, that's difficult because I'm really fucking enjoying it. So uh, yeah, I started playing it uh, yesterday after work and I've just been binging it nonstop. I really, really like it. I'm more of a new Resident Evil fan. So like my first game was Resident Evil 4. um, So I, I missed out on the originals on PlayStation 1. I did try playing like the very first one on PlayStation 1 when I was little, but I didn't really get it. I didn't really grasp it. Um, But yeah, so I've played Resident Evil 4, then I've gone back and played like the Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes. I've done like Revelations 2, um, Resident Evil 5, Resident Evil 6. So I've played pretty much like all the modern titles and Resident Evil 7 as well. Uh, But I missed out on that very early bit of history, but I still know the franchise quite well. And um, Resident Evil 8 to me, it's very much taking that kind of accessibility and sort of like action element of Resident Evil 4, but blending it really seamlessly with a more kind of like first-person horror of Resident Evil 7. And I think it works really fucking well. Resident Evil 7's great, but due to it being pretty much squarely horror-focused, it isn't the most accessible game. And it also isn't the sort of game you want to replay again and again. It's really scary and a great horror game, but it isn't always the most entertaining or fun um and i think that's been something that like the resident evil franchise has always really struggled with getting that perfect balance of like action and horror it's always really struggled and like resident evil 4 was sort of like the the perfect blend that just worked so well um but i think resident evil 8 has done a really good job of getting that again and and sort of like because it is like definitely scary there's definitely moments there's a, a moment i was playing earlier like like you're playing it too aren't you matt yeah yep so, so just have interest whereabouts are you in it
0: so I beat the first Plague Sister.
3: Right. Okay. Um, so you're still quite early. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that whole castle section's great. But there's a moment in this that's like fucking terrifying where uh, it's during the second sort of, I don't want to spoil anything, I don't want to be too specific. So you've also got these four <laughs> um, underlings of Mother Miranda you have to fight during the second underling. There's a moment you're in this basement and you're doing this puzzle for ages and then this sort of giant mutated baby starts chasing oh, you Lord. through the dark. And it's, it's sort of like like gurgling and laughing like a baby would. And if it catches up to you, it just like eats you and one hit kills you. And it is fucking terrifying. Ah. <laughs> it is the most disturbing, terrifying shit. Just like trying to hide and just hearing this like baby laughing in the distance, getting closer. And like knowing you've got to try and hide from it. it is really, really fucking scary. Um but then obviously there's moments in this that are like much more combat based, and much more action based. And I think that constant uh, fun juxtaposition between the horror and the action oh, elements. Oh I w- boy. Yeah, that, I, w- that I first, really like
0: that it. That first real encounter you have in the beginning of the game where you're just being swarmed from all mm. sides and you just have to live. Holy shit. That took me so long to get past. And I'm, I'm playing on hardcore <laughs> mode. Oh, So it's you? even more difficult. Yeah, it took me like six tries to get past that part. And so, i so exhilarated getting past
3: it. So, for me, my first playthrough, I'm actually doing it on casual mode. Mm-hmm. So, a bit of a loser over here. I'm, 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 I'm fine, first, no first, yeah. first playthrough, I just wanted to take it easy. I'm going to go into harder yeah. difficulties after that, but I wanted to do the easy mode just to like experience the game uh, and just to kind of have fun with what it was offering. So, that mode for me was quite easy, that, that whole sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like I'm excited to play it on tougher difficulties. But no, I think there's some great set pieces so far. Uh, the gameplay, I think, is much more like kind of combat shooting gameplay, which is a lot of fun. And I think in terms of, like, yeah, the entertainment value that puts it above Resident Evil 7, um, it's not the most scary Resident Evil game with the exception of, like, a few moments. But, yeah, whilst it's not the most scary, I think it's definitely entertaining. Uh, I love the merchant. I love, like, collecting all the treasures and upgrading guns. It just adds a a layer of, like, depth to it that I think is really satisfying. Um, It's just a fucking great time. I've gotten to, like, the the fourth underling now, to, to like, the factory. So I think I'm Mm -hmm. towards the end, I'm about maybe eight hours in. So, like, I'm getting towards the end, like, the last kind of stretch of the game. And, uh, yeah, I've just loved it. I've really, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, big thumbs up from me.
0: Yeah. Looking forward to streaming more after the podcast, too. All right, Kyle, uh, I wanted to come up with a pair of anime for you. But I, coming up with anime for this segment's harder than mm. games because anime typically do end. But going to try our best. So you have to choose Magnum Opus, Neverending Neverland between Yuru Camp and Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid*. Neither of which, in my opinion, are really that great for magnum opus, but you have to choose one anyways. <laughs> See, this is pretty easy
1: for me because at the very least, one of them is just never going to end. And... S-
0: uh... Yeah, that, that's that's what All I mean. Right. It's, it's not, when I sat down and tried to think of it, it was so hard to come up with a pair of anime I... from
1: this. <laughs> hmm. Let me... Let me... I am pretty sure I'd want to keep Eurocamp as as the never ending one because it's like there I can easily see that just continue well
2: hmm.
3: damn um, <laughs> but okay, would you want to watch like four thousand episodes of Eurocamp Yes,
1: camp? like why is that okay. Why is that a fucking question <laughs> you, that, That's a yes <laughs> um, Yeah Okay So honestly I was thinking of it in terms of that It's like I would I want to I want to continue watching Eurocamp way more than I would uh, Dragon Maid. Um, mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that it's a little hard to think of what those would look like for Magnum Opuses, Magnum, Magnum Opi.
0: Yeah. O-O-Pen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, just cause they're slice of life and I can't right. like, so I love slice of life shows. Uh, clearly. But it's hard for me to think of any slice of life, really, where it's like, ah, yes, this is a standout season. Or Like, typically with slice of life, it's always just a, like, a comfort experience that you have, like, mm-hmm. over a long period of time. Um, pfft, if I had to go with a magnum, oh, God, well, okay, so like a final season kind of thing? Yeah. Honestly, I can't pick either of them. So I guess by process of elimination, Dragon Maid gets the magnum opus because I really would be, I'd be more inclined to have Yuru Camp never end than Dragon Maid never end.
0: hmm Yeah, that's fair. Because. Uh, what, what I was trying to, go ahead.
1: I, I have, I unabashedly love Yuru Camp. I have to defend certain parts of Dragon Maid and concede on others.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was, it was difficult for me to come up with a pair for you on this one because, yeah, there there's the shows that would, like, series that would kind of, like, benefit from having a magnum opus. But I couldn't think of, like, two that are incomplete enough that I know that you have watched mm-hmm. that I could choose in that regard. Because I'm like, oh, no, Steins Gate is more or less done already. Uh,
1: Steins Gate Steins is already is, is well, done. okay. So, to be fair, if we're talking about continuing from, like, the existing point of, like, what is already out for media, I'd probably give Steinsgate the let's just keep this going, because I I like the lab antics. Um okay, and I guess yeah, the right. other caveat too is if these never end, uh I would want to see time progress. So with the caveat for Eurocamp never ending, like I want to see the girls go through college and like grow up and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I don't want to, you know, have them be perpetual
0: 16-year-olds. <laughs> like, eh. Not not like Ash Ketchum. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, yeah. perpetual 10 year like, One, like,
1: I want to see a fucking slice of life series that goes forward in time, like Sweetness and Lightning, yeah. which is really cool.
0: Yeah, I, I would like that too. Just I, I think uh one one show that does that decently well. It's not really slice of life. Slice of someone's life maybe is uh, horror Musco or Wandering Sun. Mm. Uh the the one that's about the to the boy and the girl that like to cross dress, and I never got too far in it. So they may or may not be, be have been trans in the end, but I'm not entirely sure. But I know it follows them like 100%. from elementary school through high school. I think they might get to college eventually. I'm okay. not sure, but yeah, I've been I've been meaning to go back to. It. I don't oh, remember why I really cute
1: That's a really, cute art. That's that a really cute art
0: style. Yeah, it, the the anime like it's animated in like a sort of watercolor oh, style as well. Oh, this is really cute. It shows. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I gotta check this yeah. Out. So I, I I didn't drop out. I remember just getting distracted and drifting away from gotcha. it at some point. Okay. But yeah, it's that's that's an example of that that I can nice. think of off the top of my head. All right, we'll all that. right, cool. We 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 all warmed up now. We all feeling loose yeah. loosey goosey. Jo- joints are limber, timber. <laughs> Ready to do some jumping jacks? Because oh, we're gonna yeah. get J- J- right lumping legs? <laughs> We're gonna get right into some hot hot topics. So we have both an anime movie announcement. And a game announcement to talk about on this podcast, and a third miscellaneous topic. And I don't; neither of those are usually things that I bring to the table to discuss on this podcast because it's just like cool, another movie or just like a game. It's just like mm, I mean, it's based on something. You there's not much to discuss. However, however, with a capital H, when we get an announcement for the fourth Madoka Magica movie, ten years, ten years. After its original TV broadcast I think that's worth discussing don't you
3: yeah
1: it's <laughs> just yeah I mean okay so after and, and I guess you know disclaimers spoilers for Modica uh but like after the end of revenge the movie I, f- I forget what a uh, uh, rebellion rebellion was something uh rebellion yeah after the end of that that was like a very downer ending that I can easily see them revisiting
0: right right so we'll we'll touch back we'll touch on that a little bit more in a bit so just to t- illustrate how this went down so modica magica had its 10th anniversary event recently and I, I i knew about this event i knew that this event was happening and i knew that there was some sort of 10th anniversary project that was going to be announced as well but i had long ago just kind of relegated that we weren't going to get a continuation that that was the end it was this, like, kind of nihilistic, just like, no, you don't always get a happy ending sort of end to a story, which I was okay with. And the fact that they announced this movie, so the the title for this movie is Turning the Tide of Walpurgis. Walpurgis no Kitan. Uh, coming out, oh, no, that's not really stated. The tagline is, now let's continue the story. The fact that they are saying this is an official sequel to the third movie Rebellion. There's no, like weird antics just no sort of manipulation going on here it's like no we are straight up telling you we are directly continuing off where we left off for that 2013 so 10 years since the original tv series rebellion came out in 2013 so even since rebellion it's been eight years at this point Mm. so i i i gotta i gotta wonder so first of all yeah so kyle you already kind of gave me your gut gut reaction to this that you kind of saw so Harry, what, what is your gut reaction to this announcement?
3: Well, I wanted to check quickly as well. So like, Madoka Magica was that like a TV original, like an anime yes. original thing? Yeah. So like, yes. is this being written by the original series writers as well? Yes. Like it's it's yeah. So like for me, I watched the series I think probably I don't know eight years ago or something. Um, and I've not watched the third movie, so like I need to watch it at some point. But um, because I've also not seen the first two movies, but I know they're just like a retelling of the series, right. aren't they? Um, but no, it, it's pretty out there. It's pretty random in terms of like they're continuing this story, and it's like the whole thing of strike on the Iron's hot. Well, you know the Iron's not hot. um I know it's sort of a massively popular series, but they've not just followed up with it, have they? They've like right. let it really wait for ages, and then they've come back to it, which I would hope means they've come back to it because they've got a great fucking idea. Like, you would hope maybe, like, they, they were thinking, okay, it's finished. They're maybe like, oh, shit, that would be a great idea to continue it. And now they've gone back to it as a result, which would hopefully mean the story's going to be really great. Um, so, so, yeah, I think it's cool.
0: So, yeah, about the original staff. So, chief uh, original chief director, aki Shinbo, script writer, uh, Apparently, Gen has been writing the script since 2016. Oh, okay.
3: Oh, Okay.
0: So it's been five years in the making, supposedly, for for this movie, and I, I got I gotta wonder if they had it planned that far in advance. That'd be for the tenth anniversary, or they're just like, Urobuchi, take your time. We'll we'll make it when you're ready. Um, because yeah, like you said, it is very random. Even though it is the tenth anniversary, there hasn't been a whole lot in terms of like mainline Madoka Magica. We've had we've had the phone games, uh, Madoka Magica side story, Magia Record. And by the way, there is a event for that going on at the 10th anniversary, but we had the, the anime for that happen recently. The first season, of the anime, we're going to get a second season eventually. And like, it was, it was pretty good for overall. And then it had like an incredible final three episodes out of nowhere, but that, that was like, uh, if at least a year ago, if not two years ago. So you would think is like, if they wanted to capitalize on sort of like a momentum train, they would have been, they would announce this movie after that um but yeah it, it's just very who's producing it's this so slash sudden.
1: who's or what what studio is this again shaft it's shaft yeah okay i'm just trying to think whether or not they have a track record of like letting their creators do whatever the fuck they want um or i, I guess if there's like some kind of pedigree thing here where it's like oh right we know how popular this is we trust you with it kind of thing
0: Maybe. I think uh, this also plays into a greater discussion, though, of... Actually, actually, before before we get into that, uh, I want to kind of get your thoughts on... Because I know Harry hasn't watched the third movie, so Kyle and me, really quickly, where we think this story will go. I wanted to end optimistically.
1: I was okay with the nihilism, but I want optimism.
0: Okay, okay, so... Really quick spoiler warning for Madoka Magica 3 Rebellion right here, okay? Spoiler warning. And then I will give in the timestamps for when the spoiler warning is over. So, the end of Rebellion happens, correct? And Homura has basically, like, stripped Madoka of her god powers. <laughs> uh, stripped her back into being an immortal. Now, Homer is kind of like this, this omnipotent devil being that's, like, hogging Madoka for herself. So, do you think that... Ha- ha- how is this going to start? Like, is there going to be something that alerts Madoka to something... Something's, is it going to be, like, the general... Like, something's not right with this world, anime sort of thing. Or do you expect them to pull something else I, that I we...
1: forgot, because really all... Like, the, the biggest things that I remember from Rebellion are what happens with Homer and Madoka. But are mm-hmm. Sayaka and Kyoko around? Like, what, what's the last so, things that happened to them?
0: So... Sayaka is permanently gone because she had already become a witch in the original series, and so her soul was gone and okay, the, it was okay. only kind of replicated in that world. Mommy and Kyoko were real though like when when everything got reset by Garuka, like they they um they came back to life as well because they weren't killed as witches uh so those two are real. we also have if we go down to the cast list where to go uh da 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 Nagisa Momoe, who, if you recall, that is the uh, the new character in Rebellion that showed up. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like the, the Charlotte incarnation. Okay. So she's listed as a cast member as well.
1: I feel like because of the narrative twist that happened with the main series and how they carried it into Rebellion where Homura is, in fact, the protagonist. Um. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to open it up with her. Uh, because, okay, so working backwards, right? If they have if they want to have an optimistic ending, you need to be able to change Homera's worldview. And in order to do that, you need to create a foundation of where she is at the beginning.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it's going to be weird if you follow it from Monica's perspective, and then you like shift over into Homera. Um And then have her change her view, like, from, yeah, that's where I think it's going to start from, is it's going to just immediately follow up on Rebellion and be like, here's Homura being a weird, crazy person looking at her little Monica snow globe.
0: (laughs) I think, I think what would be really neat to pull off, because... Again, going back to the standard anime trope of something's not right. Like a character Mm -hmm. just kind of like musing that out loud or in their head. Or something something doesn't feel like. Something feels like it's missing so and so forth. If what they did... Like, I think starting off your way would be neat. But I think what would also be neat is if... Yeah, we are following Monica Or just any of the other girls. Because no one's in on this besides Homura. But like, we're, we're following these girls. And they don't notice anything is up. At least for a while until something happens. But but there are things that we the audience this kind of like this removed force observing in inwards, words notice that is wrong um and just kind of all even though these everyday they're carrying out their everyday lives we notice just like how um i'm trying to think of an example that this might take place in uh maybe maybe the classrooms that they're in for, because I, I distinctly remember their classrooms are kind of like this weird fishbowl design yeah, like yeah, All yeah. their walls are glass and whatnot. Like, what if that was suddenly just a normal classroom? Hmm. Like, it that wouldn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. However, it's so ingrained in us to think, to throw us off balance. Like, wait a minute. Like, that. why is it like so this? So, the, the it,
1: WandaVision it approach.
0: Right. I haven't seen WandaVision, but I'll agree with that. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I... Hmm. I guess what's going to that is going to depend on, right? Is like how much the studio slash producers are willing to trust that the audience remembers, because you have to account for Mm -hmm. the time difference, and you can't rely on your majority audience to have remembered everything in the original series or to have gone through all of it, um, and then you know just. Prepped basically for the new movie, so I think right. there is probably some consideration in the writing for that of like how do you write a new installment for a series that hasn't had any new mainline media for eight years.
0: Right. At the same time, though, it, it's it's that argument of, um, how important is a media quality to be judged like in its moment. Compare to mm-hmm. uh down the line years from now when that when all of those pieces yeah. are together and someone is capable of consuming it like almost in the the creator's intent you can think I think of. what's going to be important it, it, is, is it, whether
1: or not they it, can or or is if they are and i assume they are i hope they are uh just not necessarily focusing focusing on the granularity of plot details but focusing on the emotion because i might not right. remember Everything that happens plot wise, but I remember how the characters feel. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's really, play. all they need to focus on is the tragedy of uh, mm-hmm. Homer's arc, uh, the optimism behind Madoka and Kyoko and Sayaka's different views on practicality and pragmatism. Um,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So I, I I think really it's just focusing on the sentiment and keeping that in mind is what can ground them and. Ground a series that ostensibly ended eight years ago.
3: <laughs> so, exactly. out of interest, like, so obviously you have got all these ideas of like where you want it to go. What would be the worst case scenario? It's so like oh the worst Lord. thing they could do narratively. What
1: is the worst thing they could do with this?
0: I think mm. the worst thing they can do is pull a Sailor Moon ending, anime ending, at least.
2: What was where, a Sailor where, Moon ending? Uh,
0: yeah. So Kyle was emphasizing how. Like, in order to have a, a successful optimistic ending, you have to change Homer's worldviews. And hmm. to satisfactorily change her worldviews, you need to, like, establish where she is at ground zero and then work your way to, towards it. Um, the, the original Sailor Moon ending was, like, the the big bad had essentially killed all of the Sailor, like, spoilers for a two-decade-old oh my show God. at this point. <laughs> People talking um, in that series? Like. Uh, wow. For all, for all intents and purposes, they were dead. They were like vanished out of existence. They didn't like get shot or anything, but they were like they weren't alive okay. anymore. Okay. Um no. and Sailor Moon's facing off against the big bad, and she just hugs her. It's like, oh, it's okay. No. And then it ends, is like, you're right. So that that would be the worst ending if you just have like yeah. Monica like hug Homer. It's like, it's all right. You did nothing wrong. It's like, no, she did a lot of things wrong. <laughs> she was she's ostensibly done a very evil thing. Um, I think like
3: I guess It's going to be tricky mm-hmm. because
0: Modica it's in her nature to forgive, but Homera doesn't necessarily deserve to be forgiven yet. So they need if, if they pull that whole thing where it's like I forgive you for no reason, um, then then that would be bad. I guess that's, that's the that question
1: is like, how does Homera find a penance or can she even do that?
0: Right, because I would also be okay if it wasn't an optimistic ending again. I know a lot of people wouldn't, but I would be fine with it, assuming they pull pull it off well. Do you,
3: Do you feel like that would still fit into the the whole theme of the series, then, like that kind of nihilism and that kind of depressing aesthetic?
0: Oh yeah, I think it definitely would. Um, yeah. Granted, think, mm-hmm. like granted, like the whole series has been like this tug of war between hope and despair, a la Dug and Ropa, but um, hmm. I think. I think they can show I think they can have a, a sad okay here. I'll I'll put it this way. It it won't be a, a, a depressing ending like rebellion was. I think at the worst it would be like a melancholy or a bittersweet ending where it's just like, no, it's not it's not a vic, a resounding victory for optimism, but it's not like soul crushing I think
1: what the they time. could do is with because time travel is a quantifiable mechanic in this world oh god um i think they can just do the steinsgate approach and i wouldn't even be mad if they literally just ripped off of how steinsgate solves their problem where here is a doomed timeline but the doomed timeline creates a saved timeline
0: (sighs) i don't know i i'm very (laughs) i i know like time travel has been kind of established in this but It's the same way I feel about Avengers Endgame as well, how that was the answer to that. And, like, because, again, like, you come off of this, like, incredible ending where it's just, like, how are they going to come back from this? And as soon as you introduce time travel, it's like, oh, well, now there's, like, any number. There's infinite possibilities. Yeah, to be fair. uh, uh, uh,
1: To be fair, uh, Endgame and Steins Gate approach time travel and how it solves problems very differently. Yeah. Like, there's no reset button in stein's they have to work they they literally have to change time and space to create their own happy ending mm-hmm. um and it doesn't erase uh the struggle or the hardship that they went through it just reinforces how much they care
0: i think uh the the important distinction here though is like for Steins Gate, time travel had been like a core part that, of it. That story is true. That is true. Time. Yeah. Whereas in, in Adventure, it's just like, and then time travel. And like, yeah, and to I your guess, point, time m- travel has been introduced somewhat into Madoka, Madoka's, but it hasn't been like yeah. a core piece of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I would I, still be. Yeah,
3: I always been very serious. If you're going to do time travel, you need to do it well. You can't just shoehorn it in because it can just feel like the jumping the shark moment.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That, that is all very, those are all very fair points. And Madoka, I'd say, probably has about the same depth with its time travel as Endgame does.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so I, I, that would probably be a disappointment for me. That would definitely be a clear... Dis- they, they could do it, they could pull it off, but the moment they introduce time travel, I'll definitely be rolling my eyes if that's the
2: case.
1: Um, hmm. Okay, instead of time travel, they, they've already exhibited omnipotent god powers, literally just creating a normal world where they... like How how would you feel about that? If they did the... What, what is it? Darling and the Franks ending, but not bad.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think I'd be more okay with that because it's in line with the mechanics established.
1: Where they literally just that's... create a reality where witches don't exist, yeah. but Homura and Madoka do.
0: Right, yeah. It's just because they've done girls. that twice now. If anything, that would just be like the safest ending. Mm-hmm. That, would, that would be playing two expectations at this point. Um, it wouldn't be upsetting, but it also wouldn't, I feel like, it wouldn't have that trademark Madoka shock value to it. Uh, if they if they won for that a third time in a row
1: yeah i guess it ultimately depends on what they want to say right cuz really like i was very unsatisfied with the what in retrospect i'm dissatisfied with what rebellion has to say which is life sucks and <laughs> you can only ever just cope
0: so uh I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't go that far, but that's a that's an entirely different topic for discussion, yeah, for sure. I, I understand though, yeah, I know, I know, rebellion doesn't uh, doesn't cl- doesn't really. I mean, it's not like it doesn't play just like
1: I I think I'm past that point in my life where I will where I'm okay with nihilism. <laughs> I want to, I mm-hmm. want to, I want my characters to be happy.
0: Yeah, that's a fair that's a fair thing. I think uh, it's definitely a, it's a it's a coin toss. For how this will end, there's no uh there's no estimated projection on when this will come out. It's just been announced. That's it. Uh So yeah, we will definitely be keeping an eye out for this one. For the hopefully, because that's the thing. I think another thing I'd be afraid of is that this still isn't the end. No good lord. It, do- it says this is the sequel. It doesn't say this is the c- conclusion. Mm. So uh, if this if if this isn't the conclusion, then I'll be upset at this point. It's like okay, you made us wait for just. A continuation,
3: yeah. there I guess it's also yeah. like, okay, let's say it's just a continuation, but it is absolutely amazing, and it ends really, really well. Then maybe it will be worth it. it trying to be okay, optimistic. It, it, all, yeah. it
1: all just depends on what they aim to do with this. Right. And
3: out of interest, yeah. would would you guys prefer it as a movie or as a series?
0: i'd prefer a movie
3: prefer. probably a movie yeah i um, don't
1: like, yeah. I, I think we already have like a solid enough foundation that like what a series would do is a series would explore a larger set of questions and characters and i think we already have like at this point everybody except for homera has more or less had their personal arcs
3: yeah but would, would would you not want another opening by clavis
1: Oh, you can still have that in
3: the uh, in the movie. <laughs> yeah, they, they but like, I, I want to hear it every episode. I want to go every twenty-five minutes. I want to hear Henry, it again. That's a very
1: good point. That is very fair. That's
3: the mind. issue with movies. If you've got a great opening, you can only hear it once. as in a series, <laughs> you hear it like twelve times, Don't twenty-five me, times. I'm I'm just many put a on in the background. You won't hear it. But I will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. So we will be. Keeping a close eye on this one, I'm sure all three of us. And Harry's got to watch Rebellion at some point, I remember. Yes, I do. After i in the Evil Village, which is fucking awesome. It'll be fresh in your mind by the time this movie comes out.
3: Yes, that's good.
0: All right. I said we had an anime movie announcement and an anime video game announcement to talk about. So we got the game now. And so I, I had long since sworn off talking about most anime games on this podcast because they're all goddamn arena Fighters. After getting burned on uh, Kill a Kill IF, and uh, we talked about that, and it turned out to be not so ter- terribly interesting. And then there was uh, My Hero Academia, wants Justice, which was another arena fighter. Like <laughs> 90% of anime games out there are
3: just arena fighters. I, and I'm, another... I'm honestly really pissed off that so many anime oh games God. are absolute fucking dog shit. yeah Just, just to be blunt about it. They're easy. Yeah.
1: they're easy money. Yeah. bandai, so, bandai Namco
3: so. just publishes shite i'm sorry <laughs> anyways mm. coming on
0: so so this is why i'm talking about this game and i don't think either of you knew about this announcement because i feel like you would have said something in our group chat if oh, you did okay Ooh. but well, now i'm excited made an abyss oh Ooh. actually no i did an, yeah uh, yeah God that one looks okay. really cool yeah okay. so made an abyss by spike Chunsoft. Game for PS4, Switch, and PC has been announced for North America, Japan, and Europe for a 2022 release. The full name is Made in Abyss, Binary Star Falling Into Darkness. This is an action RPG, a single-player action RPG game. How do you like them, Apples, Harry? I feel like we talked about this
1: before, <laughs> but yeah, Made in Abyss is, like, perfectly made for a fucking RPG.
0: Yeah, yeah. so, we yeah, we did, in fact... <laughs> Once again, it's the willing things into existence on the podcast because we did have a shoot on a previous episode where we asked like, what anime would we love to be seen made into a video game series that isn't a Dorita fighter?
3: Yeah, you know like, who said made an abyss. I'm this okay. Guy. Here's, here's the thing. This like guy. i I think it could be great, but I don't have any faith. So <laughs> like, I just feel like with anime games even when they're decently fun, there's just a lack of quality, a lack of polish. It, it, like, like, do you, know if, do you know if you play certain games, like there's this triple A sheen to them, this triple A polish. It feels so, uh, just so well made. And I just feel like with a lot of anime games, it lacks that polish, it lacks that that refinement. So it always just feels a little bit clunky and a little bit just amateurish, if that makes sense. And I yeah. worry that this will be similar, but, but, but like it could be like a re- great ideas potentially, but it just feels a bit, a bit just undercooked.
1: I mean, it, it really just depends on who the developer is. So it's
0: so, Spike, Spike Chunsoft, Chunsoft who has ma- who are behind the Ropa series.
3: Mm, but they've also made Which- some shit as well. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the thing. And again, like even when they made right. some stuff, that's decent. It's not always been super polished. I, I love Danganronpa, by the way. I'm not knocking Danganronpa, but like. That's the thing. I I just... Will this game have the polish of a game like, say, Bloodborne, for example? Let's just choose another... Oh, of course not. Of course not. But if we're choosing other Japanese games, let's look at, like, a Nintendo game or Bloodborne or, like, other AAA Japanese games. Will it have the polish of those games?
0: That's an unfair comparison, I feel like. Um, Well, we don't even
3: have to look at, like... We we can look
1: at more similar stuff. Like, Persona, for all intents and purposes, is an anime
3: but it's one of the most polished games out Ex- there exactly that's it I-, I want to see an anime game that has that level of polish and i've yet to see one like we so. can also
1: look at all of the tales like jrpgs mm. are like the genre that tend to have anime games that are pretty well polished
3: mm. yeah i mean dragon quest 11 for example like fucking love yeah, that, that game that's anime. very style. very I mean, polished like, very yeah. very refined and by Japanese developers. So I don't think it is an unfair comparison. If, if, if we're comparing this game to other Japanese games released in Japan by Japanese developers, there is a high bar, and I want to see it meeting that. Especially because I do think, yeah, a Maiden abyss game that's, that's released with that level of polish could be fantastic. Could you imagine if it was a similar kind of gameplay system to like Bloodborne or Dark Souls stuff, where like so it's quite tense, would be it's quite difficult, clashing and
0: you're, with the atmosphere of Made Abyss, though. Sorry, that would clash with the whole idea of Made Abyss, though. I feel I, like I, I, we're actively yeah. fighting
3: yeah i suppose it, it could be a bit more horror based perhaps then it could be more i like think sort of what i could based. see
1: this being as is like i'm a little concerned with the action rpg description because in my mind made in abyss was always something that would have fit more as like a subnautica kind of game
0: so there are a lot of screenshots released for this already oh, which honor. is surprising okay. yeah and that's one of the reasons I am me. more optimistic for this, because typically for one of these anime games, like it's happening. It's like, okay, cool, what's it look like? It's like, uh, hold off on that. <laughs> um, not not only are there screenshots released for this, but they are localized screenshots. Like they are pushing this simultaneously for Western and Japanese releases, which again, very rare, extremely rare. Um so yeah, we have yeah, we have some shots of Rico I think and the this does look very
1: polished. All,
0: yeah, it's yeah, that's what I mean. Like being able to see it, it you get a much better feeling of you have a character repelling down a wall and you have like a bunch of these other indicators beneath what i assume is a health bar that yeah are there's like a bunch the, of like
1: survival status yeah yeah which... so you got a
0: hunger a clear hunger meter you got a clear sleep meter you have a meter which i assume is representing the curse um like they they it looks like from this that they are accounting for a lot of the things that um make made in abyss what it is granted in the screenshots like they're very clearly just showing like the top stratum like there is a uh a depth gauge that only shows like they're at eight meters or 49 meters. They're clearly not showing what it's like deeper. Um, but to give a uh, description of the description that Spike Chunsoft gives to this in the press release. So let's read that. In the 3D action RPG made in abyss, binary star falling into darkness. The player descends into the world of the abyss and grows through their experience in its depths. The players can relive the experience of the anime in story mode, as well as explore an original story supervised by the series author Akihito Tsukoshi. Fans are sure to enjoy the dark fantasy elements that remain true to the unique formula of the original work. Many characters from *Maiden Abyss* appear as well, and event scenes are fully voiced by the cast of the anime. *Maiden Abyss: Binary Star Falling into Darkness*'s original story takes place many days after Riko and Reg depart for the abyss. The world's sole remor- remaining unconquered chasm, the Abyss, is the stage where many adventures are born and disappear. Those who appear in the story are mesmerized by the power of the abyss and aim for the bottom of the netherworld.
1: So, The I story think what,
0: about to be mm, told is of the adventurers of the nameless cave raiders in the abyss.
1: I think what does concern me about this is that they don't really talk about the game.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So they don't talk about the gameplay. But, again, I feel like looking at these screenshots, you get... Especially because they're showing... Again, this is in gameplay. They're showing UI... You can get a pretty decent sense of what the game is like mm-hmm. just from looking at these screenshots. And there's still a lot of time to. 2022 is quite a while away. And the fact that it's already looking this decent, they have a lot more time to polish it up is is uh encouraging. It's not like, okay, for example, I don't know if you guys saw the reveal trailer for uh Pokemon Legends.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm of the not Open World that. Pokemon
0: game. That trailer was jank as hell. Oh, really? Um, they didn't really show anything. Yeah, and the fact it was still janky, though. Yeah. Even with not showing anything. That's just why they weren't showing anything, and they are still having, like, 15 FPS moments or, like, a slideshow Pokemon in the background, sort of. Like, mm. is that something you can really fix between now and 2022? I'm not sure. Um, this, The impressions I get from these screenshots are very strong for how early on in development it supposedly is
3: yeah it is it's it's a strange one like I'm, i'm just thinking about it now like with with so many japanese game developers it feels like you either get absolute fucking platinum quality magic like amazing stuff or you just get the kind of what i was mentioning before that kind of like bargain bin bandai namco published like sloppy quality anime game rubbish and i just I hope it's not that. I really hope it's not that I so hope. It's... Really Here's another quick. reason why
0: I'm I'm confident in this is because a lot of those other IPs, so My Hero Academia, mm-hmm. One Punch Man, mm. Kill a Kill, those all sell by name. Made in Abyss, it's really good. It's not widely popular. Yeah. Not by a long shot. Yeah. Furthermore, yeah. I forgot to mention this. Furthermore. This game is already rated in Japan with Cero Z. cero Z is the Absolute highest maturity rating you can give. It ranks mm. above nice. Dark Souls. Good. Good. It's wow. a more mature rated game than Dark Souls, Good. which means that's further restricting the so, potential audience they can sell to. So they yeah. need to nail the execution in order to retain the people that they can sell to, because that it's is not, really they can't sell that. by name alone.
1: What does yeah. give yeah. me a little bit of optimism for this is looking at Spike Chunsoft's uh, development histories. I completely forgot they are the creators of the Mystery Dungeon franchise. Yeah uh which i it's it's pretty good mechanically uh Mm -hmm. so hopefully they can draw from developers from that team because that gives me a little more reason to believe that they can pull this off because Mm -hmm. they have a history of like making games with complex systems
0: right and what was the last time we got an anime based game that wasn't based off a shown-in series
3: yeah true that wasn't based off I, a shonen and isn't a fighter. And isn't I know,
0: Dragon Ball. I know, well, joke, I know.
3: I know. <laughs> I know. I'm being negative, but like this could be amazing. I'm not denying that yeah. this could be fantastic. I think it's just that I've been burnt too many times before that like I'm I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna really be optimistic until I see some gameplay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Until I've actually seen this game in action, I can see what it is properly. I'm gonna like reserve judgment. Um, but no, it could be really cool if if they. If they took elements of kind of like Dark Souls sort of combat in terms of like very difficult, very challenging um, and make it quite stressful and tense, but also really well mechanically designed and kind of also blended that with like keeping it on topic, Resident Evil sort of elements where it's like, it's quite scary, it's quite unnerving and, and like, you know, you're hiding from certain threats um, and sort of trying to survive kind of like a survival RPG, horror um, kind of like uh, Soulsborne sort of game. I don't know. It could be pretty fucking interesting. Um, I, pretty, I think like, interesting. The, the premise <laughs> of the world
1: already has yeah. like enough good mechanics there. It's just the thing that, and they, they they haven't given this information, so I am still kind of on the middle of in the middle of the road. But usually with most developers, if I can see who is making it, like specifically the people, that will give me a lot less reason to be concerned. Like I know the team behind Deathloop for the upcoming game uh, by Arcane. And it's like, I know all of the people that have worked on that, what games they've done and what specific capacities they worked in. And I am fairly confident that that is going to be a great game. I don't know who's working on this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's where I'm like, mm, yeah. it can go either
0: way. Yeah. And so, like, that's why I said, normally we don't cover video anime video games on this podcast. Cause they're still being announced that there, there is the, the demon slayer one that's happening.
3: But isn't that a point. fighter? Well, speaking of, yeah, I, I saw a fighter, the so Demon, Demon like, Slayer movie recently. It was good. I, 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 I I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I quite liked out. it. Oh, my God. Have, have you guys yeah. seen it or not?
0: But, not yet. But yeah, like, like video anime video games are still being announced, mm. but I just don't even bother bringing them up because just there's no point. But this one, I think, is different enough and has demonstrated enough so far <sighs> to uh, to be worth uh how popular how popular is made in
1: abyss because I, I feel like it's popular among people that are anime fans
0: it, yeah exactly that's it's it's popular among anime fans but definitely like if you ask someone it's like that knows what dragon ball is or knows what uh my hero academia is and things like that if they know what made in abyss is probably not probably not
3: mm. yeah it is it, it's, it's Our, not like mainstream by any measure is it yeah
0: yeah so it has it has a lot of work to do to become successful, not off of its name alone. Okay, moving right along, we uh, the news the new anime season started, and so we're always not always, but for me at least, I'm always like scrambling to find what, what are the new shows. There is a lot of anime coming out nowadays. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, there's a lot of anime. That, that is quite out. a bit. So, yeah. So there is a. A story that has come out of Anime Business business.info, which is a Japanese website. So Kadokawa, which is one of the biggest publishers in anime, if not the biggest publisher. You guys have probably heard of them. You've seen the name around at some point, right?
3: Uh, I've not, I'm afraid, but uh, it's okay. I'll, which publisher? Okay. I'll catch up.
0: Mm-hmm. So Kadokawa, they. Oh, Kadokawa, they re- yeah. yeah, yeah. So they recently uh, released a. Uh, a state or kind of like a uh, business forecast their plans for going into the future and they have announced that they aim to produce 40 anime per year until 2023 Mm, okay that is 10 anime series per season
1: well one of them's got to be good
0: (laughs) (laughs) um and so that's like granted again this is a publisher this isn't a single studio however like it is just kind of building upon this notion that the the anime market is already oversaturated with shows, <laughs> like way, way oversaturated. And we are going to be piling more onto that. Do you think this is a good it, thing? It's so weird.
3: One of the things that's interesting about anime is that there's pretty much a series for any premise you can think of. <laughs> like, like any weird fucking premise you can think of, there's a series for that. I think that's kind of cool. At the same time, the reason why that is a case is because, yeah, there's just so many series. So, like, that's why you're going to get a series at some point about, like, someone turning into a television. Like, like do you know what I mean? It's like like <laughs> any fucking random thing that you can pull out of the air, know there's a series about that. And it's interesting and cool, but also there doesn't need to be that many series. Um, yeah, I'd rather quality, not quantity. I'd rather know that, like, maybe, I don't know, like... Ten shows are coming out one year, but they're all great. Rather than fucking ten thousand shows.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you Would you agree with that sentiment, Mikhail?
1: It really depends, because hmm. like, yeah, you can have like weird ass series, but it. A lot of the times, I feel like series are weird for the sake of being weird, and they don't actually like fully explore a concept um like how many fucking different isekai are there with like different premises but they're effectively the same show
2: mm-hmm.
0: and do you do you believe that there doesn't need to be all the sh- those shows correct that uh, maybe you could shift those resources to a different
1: g- yeah show. yeah
0: or maybe continue a show uh so yeah. i wanted to i wanted to loop back to this topic that kind of uh, we were touching on on Madoka as well is and also okay first let's let's look at uh promised neverland okay so second season didn't go over too well with people right uh people are not too happy with it myself included Uh, they compressed over 100 chap manga chapters into a a 12 episode yes so,
3: so like i've not watched it specifically because like i was waiting to see how it wraps up and how people like it and the fact that everyone's saying it's shit it's like well i'm not gonna waste my time then but uh have they like after the second season is that, is that it about the anime is over now they've ended the anime
0: yeah it's it's done mm. because that's also the end of the manga so if if we are trying to put out more anime constantly more new series at that as well does that mean that we see less and less and less shows b- get completed or completed
2: properly
3: Yeah, I mean, that, that's a fair issue. point because I would have loved it if, like, Promised Neverland maybe went for, like, a couple more seasons and they actually did it fully canon. Because it's really weird to think, like, the manga was there, it had been finished, all they had to do is follow the manga and they didn't. That's really odd and not particularly... Mm-hmm. That doesn't often happen, I don't think. Like, obviously yeah
0: oh that's that's never or i shouldn't say never but yeah it's extremely yeah because
3: normally you'd have thought oh like the reason it did this is because the manga isn't completed yet so it had to deviate but it's like no the manga was completed it just chose to deviate it chose to make it non-canon um and i think that's really shit especially because obviously like with my pretentious vegan beliefs I would love to see this story, which for me is is very pro-vegan and very like about that. I'd love to see it get brought to a mainstream audience so I can write more articles and piss more people off because um, that's ultimately what I want to do. And I can't really do that now because I know there's so many bits of a manga that are like really worth doing that, really worth um, writing about. But I want to write about the anime. I want to write about something that's more accessible for people. And I can't really do that. Now it's it's skipped out all of these major bits. Um but no, I'm getting sidetracked, so I'm getting distracted. But but it, it, it's it's yeah. really shit that like that um that it hasn't done a proper canon retelling of the of the series. And yeah, I do think that like if they add more and more anime, you'll start to see like worse quality stuff, um and less series getting finished, especially long series. I mean,
1: what's already what's concerning about this bloat is that it already feels like the industry's bloated as hell. Mm-hmm. So it's like If anything, I wanted to see... Like, this is the exact opposite of what I wanted to see, which was trim down, like, paying your animators a decent fucking wage. Um, Because it already seems like they're stretching resources that are already limited.
2: Mm.
1: Like, it's the same fucking problem with the video game industry here. Mm. Mm -hmm. We're just going to see more churning and burnout.
0: So, to play... To play devil's avocado here a little bit now, hmm. um, because that's def- that's definitely a sentiment that's gone around. It's like we we need to we need to trim down on the amount of anime that gets made per season. We need to make we need to ensure quality over quantity in this case. Um, the the potential issue there, I should say, is anime isn't terribly profitable, correct? Yeah, unless you are yeah. extremely successful, um, and studios that make anime do not earn a revenue if they are not making anime would you agree with that (laughs) That,
3: Hmm. uh, so so i get where you're coming from beside of it like if they're making more and more more, they can get paid more and more and more that and also like if they
0: if they can take like some people say is like take breaks like go seasons without making an anime like give your employees breaks and all of that like sort of like the you could Kind of like a CD project Red, where you make one anime, one one anime every five years or something, but it's really good, or it should be really good. Um, but anime studios—it's because can't they're going really on a
1: very that. outdated television broadcast model. They like you—you mm. you see, animation is now thriving on streaming services because they mm. don't have to worry about meeting a bottom line. They are paid in a lump sum to create a series, and if the studio or the the, the, the streaming platform likes it, they'll greenlight more.
0: And so that's where Netflix (laughs) comes into play uh, with with it producing more shows. We just Mm -hmm. got that announcement that Netflix has produced and funded two new Sailor Moon movies out of nowhere. Uh, And that that becomes a question now as well. Is I know Harry has has brought up his concerns about like Western publishers and producers kind of like funding these anime series, yes, it, it makes them more stable. But do you, are you scared that might be can, like, is there, is there a trade-off there between the independence of the
3: studio? Yeah, there is a trade-off. I just don't want America to own everything in the world, ultimately. <laughs> uh, and I, I almost feel like that's kind of a constant American rhetoric. It's just like everything for us, gimme, gimme, gimme we used to do that in the uk we used to do that and it's not a good thing to do <laughs> just trying to own everything and enslave everything um i know it's not is not actually comparable so like just like, to
0: flip that but i mean like it doesn't even have to be america yeah, but just any yeah. sort of external producer like when you are reliant on this external sense of income to mm. say it's like mm, not quite Yeah, acts like but i was really proud of this or something like that do you think that would that would hinder creativity would we see less less minds like uh trigger um come out in an environment like mm. that.
3: So, so you're saying, would it become more commercialized and more kind of like,
0: what would, would we see it turn more and more like the video game industry where it's like all the COD, all the FIFA, oh, God, yeah. all the FPS. Is. What
1: we need is a double a slash indie level of. So, The state of the video game industry right now is that AAA is extremely bloated and extremely rigid, which is why there are more and more developers going to places like Humble or Devolver, which have a proven track record of, A, properly compensating their developers and supporting them, and B, letting them do whatever the fuck they want. So we don't really have that for the animation industry, as far as I am aware. Mm -hmm. Uh, The closest we have are, like smaller studios but those are like super indie um and then of course like crowdfunding platforms but we don't have anything in the vein of yacht club games of devolver um of like independent independent publishers i think what, what, we what we're really looking at that.
3: is like just a major major fucking issue with like all of society which is that like in every single fucking industry there's always some cunt at the top taking all the money for themselves and not seeing things from a creative light. I mean,
1: yeah, but the problem here is that the, nobody's offering an alternative for the mm. animation industry. I'm not arguing that that, yeah. that the problem you presented right. does not exist. But I'm saying there are solutions in other industries that the animation industry is not pushing forward.
3: Yeah, so do, so do you think streaming would be the way, like, like taking a more modern... No, t- I
1: don't think streaming necessarily is the way. I think we need, like, more middle-tier producers. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think that's fair. Because...
0: Trigger, Trigger as a studio got going fr- through a government grant that was purely created just to, like, encourage creativity. They're just like, mm-hmm. here's some money, like, make whatever the fuck you want. Um, and that's th- that was through a Japanese government program. Like, you need... Uh, what Kyle is arguing is to have actual publishers be in that role, where it's just like, we trust you as a creator. Yeah. We're going to fund your
1: creation. There was I've, a surprising I've, amount of canadian animation that gets pushed out because the canadian government has arts grants specifically for
3: animation Mm. yeah that's so cool and i i I think like with what you're saying there matt i think like people need to trust creatives in creative industries you know if you're like a record label manager and you signed a band for example to to make an album you need to let that band make their album and trust them that it's going to be fucking good um, I, I mean to use something that's modern and topical Look at like Zack Snyder's Justice League And stuff like, like like What we've seen there is that when you let a creative Do their thing It's better than when like Studio executives do it If that makes sense Like when you let a creative call mm-hmm. the shots um,
1: But again in that Zack Snyder case that was only possible Because he had HBO funding him Yeah
3: and, and obviously you, you need Creative people having these like studios funding them but also saying hey yeah like we don't care what you make just make it fucking good we don't mind what it is as long as you can guarantee it'll be entertaining and it'll be fun it'll keep people entertained and stuff then go for it um and be creative by all means like
1: so on that note we are actually seeing a resurgence of like creativity in western animation specifically within disney Mm. now yes there are issues with disney but that is with the I've learned to separate Disney executives from Disney creatives, and if you look at the animation uh, department of Disney, it is run by like creatives. It was, it's run by people who majored in humanities, uh, and have more or less left their creators like the people who made Gravity Falls. Like they were free to do whatever the hell they
3: wanted. Yeah, and that's why Gravity Falls. Uh, and they just is had it, the funding. Gravity Falls is amazing because you you have like creatives just being let loose.
1: Yeah, so I don't know what level of freedom like people in the animation industry in Japan have because uh, I'm going to imagine that studios like Trigger or, God, who's the one that uh, made Izaken? Uh, uh, Science, Science,
0: Saru? Saru.
1: Yeah. Science Yeah, Science are very like few and far in between.
0: Yeah, and Science sorrow is also a special case because uh, Masaka Yuasa was so prominent and he had like, he had the capital from his previous films to start up his own studio mm-hmm. and to kind of fund his own works. Um, so he he was one of the fortunate few students to work in their own space, like be able to fund their experience independently and yeah. still produce. It's just oh, the, the so, yeah.
1: problem there is like Science Sorrow, as far as I understand, is an independent entity. So their funding yeah. more or less lives or dies by the popularity of their productions. Whereas right. if you have something like Disney Animation that is under the Disney umbrella and they aren't necessarily looking at like, I mean, I don't, I, I, I can't pretend to know what metrics <laughs> they're looking at, but there are, I, I'm going to guess that they're not as heavily scrutinized as. A studio, you know, where their only source of income is how many people watch their animations. You know, Disney has streaming services, right? And they have, like, so many other things to prop up uh, what Mm. might otherwise be considered, quote unquote, failures if they were to stand on their own. Same with Netflix or same with Amazon Prime.
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah uh, it is I, it's I just,
1: unfortunately it is the way that the production pipelines are set up in a capitalist society.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it's it's really difficult as well, especially for the anime industry because I feel like I say this at least once every episode, but Japan is just so different. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. society-wise, like I'm just constantly reminded of that and like when you think like change should have happened a long time ago, it's because like they just I won't say they think differently because that sounds oddly like xenophobic but uh I mean, they, they do they have, a different they, culture. they have different they have different uh priorities I should say mm. yeah. uh, than other parts of the world. Yeah. Alrighty. Shitsumon. What's that mean, Harry? <laughs> Our main
3: topic I think.
0: What's it mean in Japanese?
3: Um main topic time.
1: Yeah, he's right. No, it's main topic, topic. Okay, no, what, does main it it topic what does it mean?
3: What does it mean?
0: For those... For, yeah, for, for, <laughs> for listeners, I had told what Harry what that means in Japanese right before we started recording, and he said he would forget, and he wasn't lying. Oh,
3: okay. Questions. Yeah, I completely fucking <laughs> forgot.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll, I'll quiz you every episode going forward. I will forward. How forget. About that? It's like re- repetitiveness. <laughs> All right. So, our Shitsumon, we are continuing our trip down memory lane of the last decade. Last episode, we covered 2014. This episode... We are covering 2015, starting with One
1: Punch! Oh, that was wow. A good yeah. That was 2015.
0: Yep. Yep. So, fall 2015, One Punch Man smashed into everyone's lives. So, <laughs> you've, you've all seen One oh, Punch yeah, Man, yeah, i correct? It. Oh, yeah. 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 So, that, I, I think, I think what Made One Punch Man so impactful at the time it did was we had we're coming off of a time where My Hero Academia has just started airing. Uh, we have all these other like really battle heavy shonen where it's all about like perseverance and like power of friendship and trying. And then One Punch Man is sort of like a parody of all of that <laughs> in a weird way. Um, where you just have this one guy who solves everything by literally with one punch and it's all about trying to create craft the the whole premise of one punch man i feel like is coming up with different ways to get keep saitama away from the main conflict of whatever it is because the moment saitama shows up everything is instantly resolved and the the way the show goes about that is some of the zaniest things that you can get in anime, coupled with the powerhouses that is Madhouse Studios.
3: Yeah, I think what's great about One Punch Man mm-hmm. is that it kind of reverses the typical formula of like that shonen battle thing. Because like you'll have a protagonist where they they're not like 100% all powerful, but they make up for it by like trying as hard as they can, and they're always there to fight as hard as they can and surpass their limits. Whereas Saitama is the opposite of that. He is fully capable. He can, he can do anything. But he's lazy. He's unmotivated. He doesn't always arrive on time. Um, he has kind of like so much doubts and issues, and, and like they are things that the typical Shonen protagonist wouldn't have. But like that's his weakness, Is like his his kind of feelings, his emotional state. But physically, he is like you know he is unbeatable. And I think that's really cool how he kind of swaps that around um, to what would be the typical Shonen formula. Um, and yeah, like you're saying, the, the animation from Madhouse is amazing. Um, I, they did this really cool thing with the production of One Punch Man where they, they did the first season and it was great and it was really popular and they waited about five years, so they waited for ages. Then they did season two <laughs> with a different studio and the animation wasn't as good. I thought that was a really neat marketing move. <laughs>
0: it, it's funny too because we just came off of this idea, this this topic of how like only really, really popular shows and successful shows make a profit. And you would think, like, studios that are independent would want to hang mm. on to that show. Yeah,
1: and but yet, to be fair, Madhouse was kind of bleeding money.
0: Bleeding money as in, like...
1: As in, they... Like, there, there was a period of time, like, over the past five or six years or so, where they were producing banger after banger, mm-hmm. but at, like, cost of labor and finances where they i I recall reading this at some point uh where they eventually went bankrupt oh okay Um, yeah and so they kind of had to like stop taking production for a while because they couldn't pay their artists Mm. which is why like one punch man went to another studio
3: it's a shame because there are lots of studios it could have gone to who could have done a great job i mean look at like attack on titan going to mappa um you know they've absolutely smashed it um and yeah if one punch man had been like it's going to mapper great it would have looked just as good as madhouse but it didn't it went to jc staff and i it's just
0: like
2: it's i, I honestly decision. whenever
3: i think about one punch man i actually have very mixed feelings because i do love the first season um but then i just feel mm. like it, it ends really suddenly and it's completely unresolved then there's season two and it's not as good the story's fine, but the animation and the production is really not as good. And then that ends even more suddenly in season one. And that's completely unresolved. It's even more unresolved than season one. Mm. So I, I feel very weird about One Punch Man because it's like, it's a series full of great ideas, but irritating production issues just kind of ruin it for me in a weird way.
0: Yeah. yeah and th- this I, is, that, that's a sentiment held mm. by a lot of people.
1: This is where it's hard to be... It, it, Let me put it this way. It's easier for me to be a manga fan than an anime fan. Mm. (laughs) uh, Because there is, you know, like we talked about this entire episode, there is a lot of stuff that happens in translation from print to screen. uh, And a lot of things that get lost, a lot of things that uh, get conceded on, and just straight up ignored or changed outright. Um, And One Punch Man is an interesting case because I don't know if either of you have read the original, not the manga, uh, but the original webcomic.
3: Oh, I'm a, I'm aware of, of, the, of it. I've not read it, but yeah, so I know that the the Visual yeah. Web so Comic is like it's, much, it's not very well drawn, is it?
1: It's it's all done by one who at the time was like drawing on napkins and like learning <laughs> how to like even like what proportions were. But it works for the story that he wants to tell because it becomes more of an existential like comedy. Um, which you have bits of that in the anime, but for all intents and purposes, it's a lot of the time One Punch Man is played pretty straight, and yeah. it's only in the punchline that things are subverted. Uh-huh. But with the original web comic, it's like because of One's very amateurish art, um, the story stands out all the more. Where it's like this god effectively who like doesn't know how to deal with godhood Mm -hmm. um yeah and it becomes a lot more of a personal introspective narrative um which i i I really enjoy and i think the webcomic is far superior for the story that one punch man ultimately is trying to tell Mm -hmm.
0: it's always really interesting to see the differences in in a web comic or a a web novel and then how it's translated over to an yeah. official manga or a like it, novel. Because that's how a lot of these but it is a shame because like
3: season one of One Punch Man obviously like the animation is stunning. The opening's great the voice acting's great the humor and the action is great. Like everything's so on point. But even if like the manga is like or the web comic is like already perfect, you can't deny season one of the anime was fucking incredible. Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. You, you would think oh so, my god yes we've got a great adaptation here and season two comes along, and it's just like, ah, that was quite average. Yeah, it's a shame.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and just I, yeah, that, that's so a good point. It's parts. like season two wasn't necessarily bad. Its its greatest weakness was that it came after yeah. season one. <laughs>
3: mm, yeah, weirdly, if J.C. Yeah. Staff animated season one as well, it probably wouldn't be as jarring. It's is, is yeah. be, yeah, be, because you see season two and you just have to compare it to season one. I'm not even the most, like, kind of analytical guy when it comes to animation, but that was an exception because, like, I would just watch it and always just feel like it's just a bit flat. It's just a bit boring, just a bit stale the animation is, yeah. whereas, like, that was such a standout for season one. Mm-hmm. So, like, the animation isn't, like, horrifically bad or anything. It's perfectly watchable, but it, it just leaves you feeling a bit cold, and, right. and that's that's mm.
0: so it what so Needs. What's extra odd is that it's not like J.C. Staff isn't capable of incredible animation because also in 2015, what started was Shokugeki no Soma. Spring oh of 2015, the anime adaptation started, and that is animated by oh, wow. J.C. Staff.
1: Oh, what a uh, what a yeah. series!
0: Yeah, what a series indeed, which is still going on to this Ugh. day, by the way, which I can't believe. Uh, I I didn't. I watched only the first episode of the Shokugeki anime because I had mainly read the manga. Although I stopped reading the manga after point two, mm-hmm. um, and I think the manga went off in some weird directions. However, however, I cannot deny the impact this series had on the 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 anime community at large. I feel like it it, it kind of really propelled the cooking genre into the mainstream, not the anime mainstream consciousness. I feel mm-hmm. like after that we got shows like like nothing as bombastic as Shoki but we got like Cook, uh, Sweetness and Lightning, we got um, Other Wor- uh, restaurant Another of, World Restaurant in Other World, yeah, 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 yeah um, and blinking on others that mm-hmm. we didn't really we didn't really have a whole lot of those before Shoki kind of shonenized the genre. Mm-hmm. So have you? Have any of you watched a restaurant? No, 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 I've
1: Oh, yeah, I watched all the way up to uh, the most recent season, and then I stopped because, yes, there is a certain point where it stops being about cooking.
0: Right. Yeah, and so what? what's incredible about Shokugeki, and I think this has to go without saying if it's a successful cooking show, is just how very, like, real the recipes are, that mm-hmm. you can tell oh, yeah. that they are... And not only that, but you can tell they are real it, just by watching the show. I feel like it would have been really easy to... There's that one chef, uh, Arisa's sister, that is all about gastronomy. And oh, gastronomy yeah. is magic. Gastronomy, like, what the fuck is that? Like, there are so many things that gastronomy can create that just shouldn't exist. Like, I feel like it could have been really easy to, like, just go for these raw shock value dishes that are just, like, not necessarily BS it, but, like, mm. it's like, you would never guess this is a real thing until you try it. But shokugeki, like, 95% of the dishes that come out of it, as you're watching it, even if you aren't a cooking expert, it's like, nah, yeah, totally that could exist in real life and they're making it look really really good despite mm. it being like a relatively mundane dish like just chicken katsu uh, of course like it kind of became a meme of just food being so good that blows your clothes off like shokugeki puts food network to shame <laughs> when it comes to making food look good um and it's just it just it, it made cooking fun which is something that May or may not be true in real life, depending. on oh, mileage yeah. may vary. Uh, um.
1: So, I mean, what's really fun for me personally about Shokugeki is like I—that was one of the series that I like picked up after I got back into anime, mm-hmm. um, and that was also coincidentally when I moved out and started living on my own uh, mm-hmm. and started cooking for myself. And then there were a bunch of techniques that I picked up from Shokugeki um, that I still do like brining Uh, your chicken before like the night before so that like it stays moist as you're cooking um and just other small stuff like that it's like yeah these are it it is a very involved process that is very fun and it captures a lot of the fun of it but i'd say in the same way that your camp does with cooking
0: yeah i i still explicitly remember one recipe that soma's dad made one time that was breakfast ramen that I still mm. want to try making because, like, the whole idea of ramen is that's this like really thick, heavy meal that you definitely don't want to have for breakfast normally. And so this this twist on it was supposedly making like a lighter kind of ramen that was still ramen. And I just really want it was an apple based broth, if I recall, oh, or there okay. were apples in it involved. In but, yeah, sounds I'm, good. Yeah, I've always wanted to try that. Like, what is breakfast ramen like? I've had I've had spaghetti ramen before, like tomato based go- broth. What is going on there? Ramen. <laughs> Uh, while I was in Japan, it was so good. I was so sad that I only worked up the courage to try it towards the end of my trip because I walked past the place every day to and from mm-hmm. my school. And then just like in my last two weeks there, I find like, screw it, let's give it a shot. And it was so good. I wish I could have had it more. <laughs> but yeah, I, and that's the other thing about Soma is it really captures just the creativity of cooking as well. Just like, um, it, 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 it shows you just how broad... the the culinary arts really are because it's very easy to kind of like get settled into if you're not like a very dedicated chef it's really easy to just get settled into uh, your tried and true recipes and just be like this is what I'm good at this is what I like it's easy enough to make I don't need to learn anything else and then you see like sometimes you think okay if you just make this one tiny change it becomes this completely different dish Uh, and and shokigaki definitely captures that that spirit up to a point (laughs) Mm. Up to a point is all I'll say, but yeah, Shogu Geki Geki's a good time for a while.
1: It's interesting how we're K- listing off all these shows, and like, I, I think 2015 is where we're distinctly heading into the modern era of anime.
0: Right, like stuff it, that's still going on. Yeah, some some of these shows that I are uh, I marked down I was like, wait, that started. Oh yeah, I guess that wasn't too long ago. Now
3: it's it's, it's, it's not, strange. So so I uh, I teach at a school, um, and I, I teach like a so so for, for as we say like year seven year eight year nine um I'm I'm guessing maybe like seventh grade eighth grade for you guys I'm not sure so, so like 11 12 13 14 year olds um and it's it's oh, yeah. yeah. sorry so I, I don't know how it works in America of grades but I'm guessing that's mm-hmm. it but yeah it's weird because like for 2015 for them it's very much like just like when we were little kids when we were like almost like toddlers or whatever but um Mm -hmm. But for us, it was just like, I mean, it feels like, oh, only a few years ago. But it was like, no, it's kind of like six years ago now. Um, But for us, that's barely any time. But like for these kids I teach, it's like loads of time. It's kind of strange. I like, I've been thinking a lot about the perception of time recently relative to our ages. It's very strange.
0: A year was an an actual eternity for a primary school. Yeah, that's
3: it. Because like, like, you think of being like, okay, you'd be 10. And it's like five years before that, you were five. And that'd be such a huge chunk of time. Whereas for us, it's like we're in our mid to late twenties and five years ago, we were still in our twenties. So like, it feels like nothing's really changed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What also never changes. I guess it kind of changed. <laughs> that, was that was a bad, bad segue. Right? It's okay. He became euphonium. Oh, Started spring of 2015. Nice. So what one of I would say Kyoto Animation's Magnum opi Uh right right y- next to y- Clan. Y- <laughs> All
1: right. You can say that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like right 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 up there next to Clan Ad, I would say. Like sound euphonium, just about a school band trying to like get good, essentially. A very simple premise, but it explores so many r- real human emotions, especially human emotions that you experience going through just high school, secondary school in general, or just like mm-hmm. The basic things like having a close friend that you just become estranged from for one reason or another. There's no like specific thing that you can point to. Just suddenly like, why do I feel like I'm I'm just, I feel this distance between me and my friend and I just can't figure out mm. why I don't know how to like close that distance again. It's a very nuanced feeling to it. Like Hibiki Euphonium is one of those few shows to me where how every character acts, it doesn't feel like the show was written or it doesn't feel like it was planned out. It was just like, they wrote out like a program, like they wrote a character into existence, and that, char- that character is just living its life because it's so consistent with everything each person says, how they, what they do, how they say it. Nothing, nothing in that show is a surprise because it's all so in line with every single mm-hmm. um, thing that they're doing. It's that sounds simple and pra- um, in theory, but in practice, is extremely difficult. And I can't think of another show that's done that better than Sound Euphonium.
1: There's a large degree of specificity to everything. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think what helps with that is like coming off of talking about something like Shokugeki is like there's a very clear knowledge and passion for the music uh, Mm -hmm. because like they get very technical, but they like thankfully what they do is they do the typical like shonen thing, right? Where it's like they they have uh, your protagonist, in this case, Kumiko, uh, who like doesn't really know music theory or like how to play mm-hmm. instruments and stuff like that so you're discovering things along with her
2: well
0: it was also really stunning about this show too it's just like kill Annie magic is that it's it's very typical for uh studios to resort to CG when it comes to animating people playing instruments
2: mm-hmm.
0: hardly any of any of that if at all with PBk phonium just like hand-drawn, uh, euphoniums pianos like pianos are the really impressive parts as well like hand drawing piano like p- someone playing mm-hmm. the piano um just the way that c- the instruments glimmered and shimmered as well they reflected light the way they warped it. It-, it was just it was a beautiful show to like put my eyeballs on as well as to listen to um it is a lot of emotions running through as well with the characters it's a very nice coming of age story something that you kind of like rectify with like that that something that i really took away from it that the, the story arc that i thought was really nice was just like the very first one of just how are you supposed to if you are engaging in an activity with someone that it's like i i enjoy this but it's like okay and then your friend is just like really into it to the point where they're like in tears that it didn't work out how do you how do you interact with that friend now like how do you be genuine and and comfort them when in reality it hasn't bothered you much? Like that is such a awkward place to find yourself in that I was just very uh entranced by uh, mm-hmm. the story that was shown in, in Yuhibike, and you he became that it just had those kind of scenarios over and over and over again where it's just kind of this this gray zone of human interaction.
2: Mm.
3: So, so, yep. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's a good show. The, yeah, <laughs> I feel bad sometimes because I can't. I, I've not always seen all these shows, so I can't always like chime in with some wicked commentary. So sorry about the silences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no worries.
0: I, well, I, at
1: least on on my part for this, it's like it. It is a very end of the day. It's a, it's a funny thing because it's a very simple and straightforward show. It's a bunch mm-hmm. of band geeks trying to be better at music. That that's mm-hmm. the premise. Um, but I think what's really particularly striking about Hibiki Euphonium is really what's striking about all of Annie's work is just how personal it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is definitely a sensation that I got a lot more of after like visiting Kyoto and specifically going around Uji where like this show is based. Um, and yeah, it just, I think I've talked about it on the show before, but it's a very calm vibe. Um, you know, it's just one of the few shows that like gets a vibe.
0: Right. Yeah, it, it's not it's not a stressful show, but it's also not like a a relaxing show, I would say. It's you you are thoroughly engaged the whole time. is how I would put it. Mm-hmm. All right, um, typically when I uh, put together this list, I'll pull up the list of anime that started that year and I'll just write them all down and then I'll put like a star next to them or star next to the ones that I think, like, are worth going into and more in more depth. Uh, as far as that initial list, though, this was, like, the longest list of shows I pulled for any of the year so far in terms of just, like, shows that may not be worth getting too, super in-depth for, but are worth mentioning. So we had a Blood Blockade Battlefront that started in spring 2015. Either of you watched that?
1: I was very not impressed by I'm that not, show. I've not seen okay.
0: it. was It was a... It was a fractured story for sure however i definitely it, i liked the i liked the vibes of it i like the setting of it i like the characters the dub was also very good yeah but yeah the story was like it's, just, it's okay. all
1: over the place and it's yeah. like if i want like watching Bl- blood blockade battlefront made me want to watch Bacano.
0: <laughs> that's a good way of putting it yeah it, so, it's just uh, very convoluted charlotte sure did happen in charlotte
3: is an anime that i have seen and I just, it, I just mean? can't, rem- I just can't remember <laughs> it. Like, it made no lasting impact or impression on me.
0: Yeah. The 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 main thing to take away from that is, boy, can you do an ending badly?
3: Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I, I seem to remember the Charlotte was really bad. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> the one that everyone remembers. So Charlotte was the was the newest one from June Mida after Angel Beats happened, and it was about super. Superpower children in a normal society kind of solving mysteries, and then it's just kind of... It's fun for a while, and it's funny, and then it goes somewhere else. And that's why I was really hoping for last year, the day I became God, would uh, bring it back, and unfortunately, it did the exact same thing as Charlotte. So that was unfortunate.
1: Mm. So uh, if you had to sum it up without spoiling, like, how does it not stick the landing?
0: Uh... Wild tonal shift. Oh. Wild, wild tonal shift. Oh. And a last episode that felt like three episodes. Oh,
3: Lord. Yeah, I, 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 I seem to remember, and... like, I, I, I barely remember anything tangible about it. Like, I don't remember the main character. I, I remember, so there was a, a white-haired girl character. And I think there was a white-haired boy character. <laughs> um, there was, like, <laughs> superpowers of some sort, but they weren't particularly interesting. And I seem to remember at the end, like, the protagonist has to, like... I, I, okay, so this isn't a spoiler, because I'm probably wrong. But, like, they have to do some, mm-hmm. like, jump timelines or go into space or do something kind of, like, supernatural to try and accomplish something. And it feels like...
0: It's neither of those, but you That kind the feeling, of thing. Right? <laughs> oh and I, I seem to
3: remember, like, the, the white-haired girl becomes a love interest and she says something like, if you complete this, I will love you or something. I can't remember and then it just he he does something and it ends i, I that's as much as i remember <laughs> and it, I, yeah it's it, it's not a memorable I, I can series. see it left a laugh a lasting impression well, on that. that's, that's the worst yeah. thing a series can be though is forgettable like like we mentioned stuff like darling in the franks for example and we we rag on that but at least that series was at least oh, it was Lord. memorable do you know what I mean? At least, like, it actually stays with you. It stays in your head. You remember, like, like I will never forget "Darling in the Franks, for better or for worse. I will never forget it. Yeah, that's it. And fair. that, to me, makes it much better than something like Charlotte, which I just can't even fucking remember it. Yeah,
0: yeah it 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 made a splash at the time because of the pedigree mm. behind it, and then it made a further splash because of its ending. Oh boy, Death Parade. Oh Winter what a what a fantastic
1: show! What a, what a I, I wonderful show I need to watch it. I've is. heard of it, yeah. God, I love it. Death Parade yeah. is such a good look at morality and yeah. the human. Just, just it, it's one of those shows that gets insanely philosophical without being up its own oh.
0: ass. Yeah, I will say it had extremely high highs. It also had some extremely low lows. Oh, but Lord. the highs out it, it out it outperformed the lows for me. But yeah, it had. I explicitly remember some episodes of Death Parade. And yeah, to your point, it's just a very moving, powerful, introspective look at just um, why humans do the things they do sometimes. Um, Death Parade
1: is what I the the vibe and the messaging behind Death Parade is what I want out of Monica to go back to earlier parts of the conversation. I think that's
0: fair. Yeah, it's like it
1: gets incredibly pessimistic at times But there are people who are willing to fight for a better world, and the show says that they're right.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Also... One of the most deceiving OPs in the history of anime. Oh, it's a banger. It's
1: a, it's a, banger.
0: Yeah, it's a banger, banger, but it's a very deceiving OP. Everybody it not like the show put your like
1: fucking all. hands up. It's such yeah. a good, it's, it's, it's great. It's a good show. Yeah. I think you'd really like it, Harry. Just knowing off of like the things that you the, like. The re- um, I think, specifically.
3: I, the, mm-hmm. the reason I've not watched it is because I don't think it's on any streaming services. Because I've I, I oh looked at it before. Like, I've looked for it on like Crunchyroll Funimation, Netflix, and I can't find it so even through vpn um oh I've, I've not checked with vpns but like if if i go on like my playstation for example and i look at them all on my playstation um i can't find it there so that's yeah. why
0: oh, gotcha. so yeah i can at least say that it's on american Funimation. right
3: but yeah, okay maybe, no, not, maybe here, not for uk which Foundation. Is annoying. but now it is on my watch list mm-hmm.
0: it's,
3: it's very uh cool.
0: so dragon ball super also started that oh, year.
3: What a <laughs>
0: summer 2015 I, uh, that, that sure did it happen. I, I
3: personally, I think Dragon Ball Super had some good moments, and I actually think the final story arc, of the universe tournament, was really, really entertaining. If you like just ridiculous shonen shit, it was super entertaining right. at it, the end.
0: Yeah, it like Dragon Ball is like one of the progenitors of like the shonen yeah. formula, so you can't fault it for just following it to a T. But it's just like I, I, I need some more than this. I can't just watch. <laughs> The the absolute going back to basic power. levels oh, yeah, totally. Eighty it's, episodes yeah. of
3: tournament. It's, arc. it's not a show where you're yeah. going to watch it and be like, "Wow, how was deep?" But uh, the, the ending tournament yeah. arc was just so much fun. Like, like if you're just looking for, for great popcorn entertainment, then that final like battle royale tournament arc was just great fun. Hmm.
0: So gate summer 2015. Oh boy, sure. gate. Yeah. So. It's panned for being a Japanese military propaganda, and it is. But I still like it. Oh. It's still a fun show, and it's. I always, I always say it's the reverse isekai or like the hybrid isekai kind of formula format that I want to see more of, where it's like another world like communicating with our world, like connected to our world, and then we have to kind of like live with that. I, I want to see more of that. I'm just...
1: The the thing that gets me about Gate is, like, I really like the world-building, but it's... Okay, so, full disclosure, I'm somebody who, like, enjoys fan service in the right places, but it's the same problem that I have with Dragon Maid, actually, where it's, like, it feels like the fan service undercuts what's really good about the show because they're so mismatched. Um, Like, you have, like, a fucking MC-kun with his anime harem... And it's like, just give me more like military geopolitics. Mm-hmm. And it's
0: like, the, I I remember yeah. the I remember the court case specifically, and that was really good. Yeah, and right.
1: it's like there's 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 some fun stuff in there. Mm.
0: Himoto Umaru Chan. Oh lord, Umer,
1: God, these are all yeah. shows that I'm starting. To, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I've, I've yeah. watched that. The, what a... the documentary of many people's <laughs> lives.
1: Oh man, uh, what a that's, show. Uh,
0: yeah, that's. I I think I appreciate the second season as well because she actually kind of became a human being a little bit, but it is it never it never lost sight of what it truly was. That's for sure. It's, Boys, boy, hmm?
1: it's it's a show. us with something good,
3: man. Uh, gentlemen, Hit
1: is with, with a gentleman.
0: <laughs> is it is it is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon?
3: So, so, obviously, so. obviously, I'm aware of this, but I've, <laughs> I've not seen the show. But obviously, I've heard of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was I was asking a genuine question. Is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? That's a question.
2: Uh, <laughs> it I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to be
3: negative and say yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, uh, that that started spring of 2015. Better show than I was expecting. I always put it off for a long time, and then Brent Middleton of Grimlesself was like, "No, it's actually good." I'm like, "Okay, okay fine, I'll check it out." No, oh, look at that. It actually is pretty good.
3: Yeah, I, I, I uh, mean, Brent Brent's more forgiving of like uh, shit shows, <laughs> uh, which is but that's sometimes that's cool. <laughs> like, he just stumble across like some good stuff but uh, brent watches the things mm. that we don't have to <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this next oh, so God. every day every day with monster girls was summer 2015 Wait, which monster one? musume
1: oh lord monster musume i was like is this the interview one no it's the worst no. one
0: yeah this this is the one that kind of like kicked oh, off the whole monster girl God. craze like, this was, this like, yeah, there was a little bit here and there, but this was the SAO of the Monster Girl genre for sure. Oh, like, Jesus. interviews with Monster Girls, interspecies reviewers. Uh, there's another one airing this season as well, I believe. Like, I you, hate, you can I argue, hate that, it all comes back to this. I
1: hate that interviews with Monster Girls is lumped in with these shows, because, like, that one's actually, like, genuinely pretty good.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, the, the Worries of a Centaur is another one. Oh, Lord. Yep. Yep yep but yep every day like i i will give the, the author credit he had quite the variety of monster girls like every time i thought we were done adding he just added more i'm like oh okay or not to, here is a it, here is a dual now i guess it,
1: it knows what it wants to be and it's not trying to be anything else so i can
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i wasn't i wasn't gonna add this one but because the fourth season just got announced overlord summer 2015 oh, man that that's one that series
1: started. that uh i've kind of missed out on yeah yeah i've I, only I, seen I, the
0: first I mean, two seasons it, it is good it also gets very dark and apparently the third season is very very dark oh. and i just never felt in the mood to start it but yeah it, people like it and they're excited for the fourth season school live summer 2015 is this the zombie, zombie one life if you haven't watch school live if you haven't seen it that's all i'll say about that if you haven't seen School live don't look uh, up I, anything I, I about know, it. I, so I, much I,
3: I think I've seen episode one of this. I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Bit, where it? It was yeah, a, bit, a bit of a twist. Yeah. I will not say any more though.
0: A bit, a, a, bit a, a bit of a zesty twist. A bit of a zesty twist on that a citrusy, one. Sistressy twist. Yes. Does
1: it pay off though?
0: Like, yes. Y- y- okay. yes. Okay. Okay. That, yes, that's, yes, that's
1: the yes. only thing that I'm concerned about with anything that has like a twist or where people recommend it because there's a twist. Mm-hmm. Is like if it's purely relying on that subversion, it's like, it's not a very good show.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. It, it, it does a lot with that in the end. Okay. It, it doesn't just rely on that for sure. And it's not the only twist by any means as well. Um, it, it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. And then uh, finally, another one that I wouldn't have added uh, unless for recent occurrences. So Yuri Kuma Arashi. Have okay. either of you heard of this? Let's see. I'd be surprised if either of you did. Have either of you heard of Mawaru Penguin Drum?
3: No, but I like. The, there's the words no. "penguin" and "drum" in the title. It's,
0: You've got okay, a good point. Okay, so, so both of these are by Kunihiko Ikuhara, which was the uh, creator of uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena. Oh, and yeah, so Penguin Drum was very, very uh, well received back in the 2000s, is when it came out as this very off the wall. Or no, it was. Or, it was early 2010s, actually. We just didn't cover it. This off-the-wall show that still explored, like, very base human tendencies. And Yuri Kumarashi was the follow-up to that. The reason I bring this up is because Mawaru Penguin Drum also just had its 10th anniversary. And they've announced a, a 10th anniversary anime project for that as well. And also a Kickstarter-backed uh, compilation film that broke the record for most successful Japanese Kickstarter in history. Oh, wow. So... Even beating out uh, uh, Shenmue Three, <laughs> so yeah, it, it, people people want it. I was I was very surprised by that. So yeah, that's why I bring that up. It's a wow. very it's a very trippy show, but it's very worth it. Uh, penguin very, Drum, at least
1: these are very shoujo character designs.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yudhikuma Rashi, not so much. It's okay, but yeah, I, I wanted to bring this up because of Penguin Drum. So that that brings us back to the end of 2015. Next episode will be 2016, but that's gonna be a wrap. For today's episode, at Sweet. the very least, we're gonna wrap up now with some shout-outs and recommendations. So, Kyle, I feel like I always start with hair. I'm gonna shake things up. Kyle. Oh Lord. What do you want to shout out? And where can we find you at?
1: Um, you can find me at Like the Rogue, uh, retweeting VTuber stuff, because that's really all mm-hmm. I go on Twitter for, aside from work these days. Um, I'm gonna recommend a Japanese book. Uh just because that's the only media I have on my mind right now. No, actually, scratch that. Mm -hmm. No, I'm going to recommend an anime. Um, Watch Hyogemono. It is a 2012 anime about a samurai during the Sengoku Jidai who has to reconcile his love of art and philosophy with the brutality of the Warring States period. And it's a really interesting show that is almost like a cross between dynasty warriors or samurai warriors in this case and jojo um and i think what i like about it compared to jojo is that i just really like the setting because i'm I'm a big history fan i really like sengoku jidai stuff so gi
0: means period by the way for those who don't know japanese
1: (laughs) yes the 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 feudal japan warring states period the warring states era all of that yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah it's a fun show with a uh banger of an op
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i i was bummed that we'd already gone through 2012 i would have added that to the list but now now it's out in the open Barry, Hello. What about you? What do you want to shout
3: out? Um, I will shout out, I'll keep it very simple, very uncreative, uh Resident Evil Village, aka Resident Evil 8. Mm-hmm. I'm having such a blast of it right now. Uh check it out and uh buy it because yeah, I want this game to sell well, obviously. I want uh, I want Capcom mm-hmm. to know they've done a good job with this one. Um I'm really enjoying it. If you're I mean, the one thing I will say is that you kind of need to play Resident Evil 7 story-wise. But even even then, there's like a little recap.
2: There's, there's a recap little recap video, video if yeah.
3: you need it. So like you you'll be fine and just uh, jump in and have fun with it. is is great. Uh, yeah, I, I think whether you like the more horror side of Resident Evil or the more action side, there's a little something for everyone. So yeah, check it out.
0: Looking forward to seeing what DLC they make for it as well. Yeah. The RE7 DLC was really yeah. good. So you can find me at musingmojack M-E-S-I-N-G-M-O-J-A-C-K on Twitter. I'm also the anime editor for Goomba Stomp. We just put out our anime, our seasonal viewer's guide. So if you're curious about what's airing this season and want to know what's good, need some recommendations, go check that out. Um, you can also find me on, as Musing MoJack on Twitch where I am streaming Resident Evil 8 currently. In fact, Resident Evil Village. Uh, last night I was having some technical issues. So I think I sorted those out. So ideally uh, my future streams will be a lot more smoother. Than we will see. But come check me out on Twitter or Twitch. Come follow me. I'm so close to affiliate. And until then, keep watching anime, and we will see you all next time. Ciao.